Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm sorry. Where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Good evening, sports fans, and a pleasure to have you here for the big football show. Good to have you with us from the Dave in the City studios at the home of champions, Southern California. What an exciting weekend of football. Wasn't that great? Just the best divisional weekend you will ever see. Quite possibly the best there's ever been. Every game decided by one possession, three of them decided by a last-second field goal, and one of them decided in overtime. You couldn't ask for more as we start on uh, on this on this uh, on this conference championship preview tonight. But we'll start. We'll begin by recapping what was just an incredible, 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 incredible uh, divisional round in the NFL playoffs. So just we can't. I can't say more about it. I mean, it has just been phenomenal. And uh, so John's with us tonight. Andy should be joining us in just a moment. And uh, the two of us will recap what, or the three of us will recap what's been really great. Um, I think Ron could make it too, actually. So uh, we'll 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 keep an eyeball out for both Andy and Ron in uh, the next few minutes. But uh, it's it's just a time. So it sets up a great uh, conference championship round. So in those games, the, the let's see if I can remember. Okay, so the Bengals beat the Titans. The 49ers beat the Packers. The Rams lost less, let's just say lost less than Tampa Bay. And then, um, and the, oh, what heartbreak for the Bills, though, man. But the Chiefs outlasted the Bills in overtime, in, including an improbable 13-second drive that resulted in a field goal for Kansas City. That should not have happened, honestly, but we'll get into that in a moment. So uh, it's time for re- recaps and predictions and more from the conference round. Let's hit it! All right, conference championships preview on Ditkow here. Looking forward to recapping all sorts of things, including Cincinnati with their first ever road playoff win. That's pretty cool. And then you have the block punt meltdown for the Packers. The Bucks outlose the Rams in a wild fourth quarter. I mean, that game should have been over much longer ago, but the Rams are doing everything to give it away. Then you had an all-time classic between the Bills and the Chiefs. I mean, every single game had juice. And that has... I just can't ever remember that happening in a divisional round. So, that's awesome. So, uh, we it sets up a really good conference championship weekend, too. So, let's bring in our panel back into the program. And there's John... Off to the right side of the screen if you're watching our YouTube simulcast. And we welcome John to the show as well. John, good to have you with us. I know mean, I realize maybe not the greatest of times for your team, perhaps, but but the weekend was awesome. What, what How are you doing tonight? Uh, doing better, Dave. I'm glad we didn't have the show on Saturday night or Sunday. It would have been, uh, it would not have been very good. Um, <laughs> It, yeah, definitely a rough game with the Packers. We'll certainly get to that. But overall, though, just as a fan, obviously if you weren't a fan in any of those teams, it was just an incredible weekend of football, and we just kind of 
we kind of alluded to it that, you know, the poor matchups in the divisional round was just going to, I'm sorry, the wild card round was just going to set this up. And that's exactly what happened in every game. I, you know, it's like each one like topped the, the previous one, which yeah. you couldn't think were, was possible. And it, and it certainly did that. So uh, what, a, what a great weekend of games. Yeah, 100%. It really was a great weekend of games. And, um, you know, just little things were the difference in all of them, which was really funny. Like, you know, like, for example, like if you go to if you go to Buffalo um, in Kansas City, all they had to do is kick the ball in bounds. I don't know why they kicked it in the end zone like that might have saved them a lot of trouble. And if you go to Tampa Bay, like the Rams might have been good and just, you know, making one field goal in the like 10 minute stretch where they could have put the game away just a field goal. And I couldn't believe that the field goal went short. I was like, oh, this field goal is good. Did you did you think it was going in too? Like when Matt Gay kicked yeah, that? Yeah, I, I did. I thought, oh yeah, that's good. And then all of a sudden it drops short into like a 46 yarder. I'm like, oh my goodness, like this, <laughs> what's going on? Um, you know, this guy is not kicking for like Akron. I mean, this is an NFL kicker. But um, I guess he apparently hurt himself before the game started. So that makes more sense. Oh, I, mean, got a lot of, I see. A lot of leg strength. He m- must have had some kind of injury. But, yeah, I was su- I was surprised at that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, we, we've got a lot to recap. So let's just start with um, the weekend's action. And and I'll, I'll check on Andy in the text and see if he's all, if he's good to go. But uh, but we can even if not, we can we'll have a good time getting into this. I got to give it up to the Bengals, too. Like, it's a great, great win for the Bengals. That's a great win. You know, they fought hard to play to win that game. You know, there was only a matter of time. You figure they're too good to to lose every single road playoff game. So I, I'm glad for them. So let's get your recap of last week's action. Quite a lot. to. T- oh, wait, wait, let me ask. One more, let me add one more thing. You did call it with the Packers special teams. You were worried about it going in. And it's a fitting ending, and unfortunately, for how that went and went down. I wish I was wrong, Dave. I wish I was wrong. I knew special teams might fuck up the season, and it certainly did that. Um, I mean, what else can you say? Yeah. Uh, blocked field goal in the first half. That was bad enough because, you know, that would have been the difference. I mean, or at least to get it to overtime if things played out the way they did. But even at the end of the game, even when – the, the Packers got that great stop on fourth down. Uh, Shanahan did that that play where he put in his huge defensive tackle or whoever it was and put him in motion. And they went to a, it was a fourth and one with six minutes left. Packers are up ten to three. Put the dude in motion, but they didn't run behind him like they did in the first half. They just kind of um, ran straight up the middle, and the Packers were ready for it. They stopped him. It's ten to three, six minutes to go. I'm like, all right. Let's go here. We get a huge stop. The Niners are not reaching the end zone. Got a first down or two. Even if you have to punt, the game's over. Sure enough, they go three and out. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? We'll just we'll punt it away, and the Niners aren't scoring tonight, a touchdown tonight, because the Packers' defense was unbelievable all night. I mean, obviously, Jimmy was not 100%, which clearly everyone knew heading into the week. Um, and, of course, it, the just complete and utter disaster of – the, the punt being blocked and they weren't even going for the block punt. That's the sad part. Like they weren't even, they weren't <laughs> rushing the, the entire team to block the punt. It was some guy just kind of putting his arm up yeah. as like a, as like a, a courtesy almost like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll just throw my hand out there. And he fucking blocks the thing, goes straight up in the air. And you know, that ball could have gone anywhere. It could have gone back, you know, easily could have gone back 20 yards to the end zone for a safety and Packers are still in good shape. But of course it, it falls exactly into a spot where there's no Green Bay player, Niners grab it, 
into the end zone and and the rest is history um you know i mean i'm the biggest aaron Rodgers fan there is in terms of a, a player I mean, he's, he's turned out to be a little bit of a quack in many other ways but that's that's besides the point um but he did not have a good game uh he was way too locked on to Devonte adams um you know i don't know if you guys saw like the replay of like it was eerily reminiscent of of Favre in the 2007 nfc championship game when his last pass was like this uh floated duck on the sideline to Donald Driver that got picked off. Very similar to Aaron's last throw of the game where he just chucks it down the field to Devonta Adams, which he had been doing all night. And if you look at the tape, Alan Lazard is coming absolutely wide open over the middle as soon as he releases that ball. And he, he would have got like 40 yards. They would have been in field goal range for the win. And he was just so locked on to Adams that um, they couldn't, uh, you know, he, he just he, he didn't get him the ball. And unfortunately, you know, they, they punted, and then they got that punt off, of course, and the Niners did just enough to get into the range. This, the run from Samuel on, on third and seven, and then Gold just drills the field goal, and it's just absolutely devastating. Just just think that the, the Niners did not score an offensive or a defensive touchdown, and they won. The Packers scored on their first drive of the game, and the Niners had minus seven yards in the first quarter, and the Niners still won the game. I think a big turning point in the game, to be honest with you, was the Mercedes Lewis fumble on the second possession because oh, yeah. the, the, the Niners did not stop anything the Packers threw at them in the first drive. The second drive, they're moving again, and then Lewis fumbled the ball. And, you know, it, it kind of turned out to be an, a, a wash in terms of directly after that. But the Green Bay offense was not the same after that play. Uh, they only had one sustained drive the rest of the game. It was their field goal drive in the second half. And they couldn't get in the end zone there. If they get in the end zone there, uh, down by the goal line, they're going to win the game. Aaron Jones, I have no idea on that busted play why he doesn't keep just running straight down the field. He, he cuts he cuts it back into the field, right to, into the defender uh, right before halftime, um, and that led to the to the block punt. So just a just a calamity of errors just all around. And um, even with all that, if that if that punt is not blocked, I truly believe the Niners are not scoring a touchdown and the Packers win like 10 to three or 10 to six or something like that. And just the, the worst possible time uh, for their, for, for their special teams to ruin the season. And it, it certainly did. And it's just, it's a bitter pill to swallow because I mean, who knows what's going to happen now with the future of the team. Like this was, this was their chance. And like, I, you know, we'll get to the Rams game in a minute, but I was really confident in the Rams winning that game. And I don't think the Rams were going to, uh, go up to the Green Bay again and, and beat and you know and beat the Packers. I mean the Packers beat them pretty good the first game, and mm-hmm. you know I thought that was going to happen again. So uh, unfortunately, it's another disappointing exit uh, in the first round for Green Bay. But yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of my overall thought on the game. I mean credit to the the Niners. I mean they hung in there and they took advantage of their opportunities, but yeah. just really really disappointing. So. I guess that's kind of my thoughts on that game. I guess I can go back to the other ones in a minute. But, in a minute, let me uh, go, Leonard. Let me go yeah. bring Andy in first, though. So, um, Andy, welcome back to the show. How's it going tonight, my friend? Hey, Dave. Hey, John. What's up? What up, Andy? How How'd you do over the weekend, as far overall? I mean, I guess I may, I know you mentioned some stuff with the Kansas City uh, game. But... I mean, broke even, but it should have been a lot fucking better. But impulse <laughs> gambling, bad gambling, just stupid stupid shit like john documented with the packers right, and right. stupid sh- 
Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Did you guys talk about Titans Bengals yet? No, no, we're getting. <laughs> we just started. That starting. was like I felt like a genius. When we talk about Titans Bengals, that'll be like, ooh, I feel so smart. Even even LT would be proud of me with the investments I made there. But um, the other games were just the you know, well, let's take it game by game. We, <laughs> John just dissected the Packer game. You want me? Well, I really can't compete with John's dissection of that game. He knows Green Bay left mm-hmm. and right, but having having the same kind of thoughts as he did, like Green Bay in their fucking 10-degree weather, like that, <laughs> you know, the Niners were a fish out of water. John mentioned, you know, San Francisco did nothing in that game. The only thing that Green Bay, like, could not have done was just be a complete fool on special teams. And uh, they got the block punt. They got the field goal blocked in the uh, going into halftime. And uh, I don't really know. I, they might have had, like, they've given up a bad, like, return at some point. But I, in terms of the kicking and the punting, I mean, that was obviously haunting. Uh, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers is getting – taken to the cleaners by people that don't even like sport so I'm not gonna like pile on there um honestly you know it's not like he played bad like John mentioned it he nailed it like the block punt which came out of nowhere like there was no you could ask the most diehard San Francisco fan and you ask them like how do you feel about this game (laughs) like this is awful awful Garoppolo, the one like scoring drive that they had, he threw the interception, you know, with like a minute left in the first half. Uh, again, the, yeah, the fumble by Mercedes Lewis, like Green Bay was already up seven nothing, like clearly potentially going in for another three, maybe another seven. If that happens, you think Green uh, San Francisco built the way they are with Jimmy G is going to come back on the road down ten or fourteen? I don't think so. But that's why you play the game. That's why you play sports. That's why everyone, you know, who thought the NFL was the worst product on earth on the Super Wild Card weekend, thought the NFL was the best thing on earth last weekend. You know, just right. you got to let everything play out. But you know, that is a, you know, obviously now L.A. San Francisco has another, you know, great narratives going into that game. But I mean, if you're a Bills fan, if you're a Packer fan. You have to just be completely dumbfounded right now. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I'll get back to you as far as the rest of the games, but let's return to John. Let's get your recap of those other three games, which is which again three doozies in a row. I mean, you have the Cincy game, you had the, um, and then you had the two games on Sunday. So, John, let's get back to you for the recap. All right. Well, I honestly did not see a lot of the Cincy game. I saw the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see most of it. I do know. Uh, um, Burrow got sacked nine times, which was crazy that he gets sacked that much and they still win. And we had talked about it last week that the Tennessee D line could have some success, but didn't see it to that extent. And for them to still kind of pull it out there, I mean, that's crazy. Um, from what I can tell, Tennessee had some horrible play call and just listening to it, um, you know, they had like fourth and one a couple times and, you know, they're trying to run like Tannehill like option plays. And it's just, you know, a complete joke when you have – that's why you have Derrick Henry. Like, just give him the ball and get out of the way. Like, if you can't get a yard with Derrick Henry, you don't deserve to win. They did the same shit last year. Uh, I believe they played the Ravens, and he he was uh, – Grable was, like, punting on fourth and inches. Like, you have Derrick Henry. Like, why are you 
you know, why are you scared to use him? So that was surprising. Um, and then Tannehill had some interceptions. So he, he you know, even with all that, I mean, he could have won, but then obviously they, he throws the, the pick near the end of the game and uh, sets up the Bengals perfectly uh, to get the win. So, you know, kudos, kudos to them for hanging in. So that, that's about the extent of the analysis I can give on that game. I honestly did not see much of it. So mm-hmm. bad job out of me. Um, but we'll go to Sunday. Um, man, the Bucks looked so dead in the first half, and they really were, were – they would have been dead the entire time except the Rams just kept fumbling the ball away every single time it felt like. Uh, Akers had, what, two fumbles. Cup had a fumble. Um, it, that was just a complete joke. I mean, I don't know how they're going to put Akers on the field again after that uh, after that performance last week. Um, and, you know, Brady does what he does. Like, they, he just keeps – they just keep plugging away at it. You've seen it so many times over the years when his team gets down. You really can never count him out. And they almost had a comeback for the ages. Um, and then finally, you know, Stafford makes the big throw to Cup uh, and gets them into field goal range. And I don't know what the Bucks are doing, sending like a huge blitz there. Um, you know, that's, that's exactly what the Rams are going to be doing. You know, they're going to be looking for deep shots and they're looking for Cup. So I, I didn't understand that. Um, but, you know, the Rams really dominated that entire game until the they started fumbling it away um the 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 acres fumble before uh after the brady pick it could have been even worse and then you know uh that kind of changed the momentum a little bit for the bucks to to start their comeback um you know and they just the the bucks just couldn't block the rams front as we talked about and that was kind of the the matchup to decide things and it was interesting like you know over the years you never heard anything about Brady retiring, and then all of a sudden you hear these stories like, uh-huh. before the game, and it, it was just really interesting. Like, I'm not saying he didn't give an effort or anything. Clearly, they he gave a great effort, and he, you know, they almost won the game. But it was just weird. Like you always heard, oh yeah, Brady's gonna, he's going to keep, pl- you know, I'm going to keep playing till I can. I'm going to keep playing. Like, why, you know, don't ask, you know, don't ask me that kind of thing. I'm going to keep going. And then all of a sudden you hear these these stories were leaking about him. Uh, it could be his last game. So I don't know. If there's something to that. We'll see. But um, yeah, that was that was a, a impressive first two like two and a half quarters for the Rams, and they held on for dear life. But uh, they were clearly the better team, and you know, just some turnovers just really kept the Bucks in it. Uh, and it turned out to be, you know, an, an exhilarating game. It, I, it's one more comment on that game before I move to the the coup de gras in uh, Kansas City. Um, <clears throat> it's funny, like that was the first ever personal foul Brady has ever gotten in his career. So you, that guy, that ref Hockley, he is terrible. He was one of the worst refs in the league. Him and uh, Jerome Boger. I was going to say, how, yeah, Boger, yeah, absolutely. How did those two get playoff games? It's horrible. It's just awful how yeah. those two got playoff assignments. But anyway, you know that guy's going to be bragging to his, his kids in like 20 years. Hey, you know, I was the only one to give Tom Brady a personal foul in his entire career or some shit like that. Um, but anyway, yeah, so let's go to Buffalo and Kansas City. Man, I, I don't know about how many times I was just like yelled at my TV, oh my God, in like the last two minutes of the game because every single play, it was like that. Now that was, we talked about it last week, Dave. That was the absolute perfect live betting game because, you know, in that sequence or in that last two minutes, whoever took the lead, just go on and bet the opposite because those two te- offenses and with those two defenses, neither one was going to be stopping the other. And, you know, I have to pull up the exact chart because I don't remember, quite remember the scores in my head. But so I believe Buffalo went and scored with just under two minutes left. 
Kansas a touchdown. Kansas City goes down the field again, scores right away, and there's like a minute left, approximately. Buffalo right down the field again, and then they score their touchdown with 13 seconds. And honestly, I, I said to the people I was with, hey, the Chiefs got three timeouts. I've seen Mahomes throw, you know, he can throw it 50 yards with like nothing. Like there, there was enough time for him. And for whatever reason, and I think you mentioned it, Dave, I don't understand why the Bills didn't squib kick the ball or, or like pooch it. So at least some time would run off the clock. That ended up being the difference. Like, why are you kicking it out of bounds? Even if you run three seconds off the clock with a squib kick, have to have a lineman take it, like take a knee or, or down it. That's time that, you know, he was not going down the field in nine seconds with three timeouts. There was just enough time. And then why aren't you bracketing Kelsey and Hill? I just don't understand that. Yes, I get it. You're tired, but throw two guys on them and the, you know they're going to do it on the middle of the field because they have timeouts. Like give them the like, give them the sideline. I I just did not understand the defensive strategy. Even if that at that point, just like grab them and tackle them at the line of scrimmage. It's only going to be like a five yard penalty. Right. Just do it a couple times. You know, just don't let anyone get behind you. Don't give you the the open field. And then you know, of course, Mahomes works his magic and they get into field goal range. And you know, Bucker just drills the kick. And, um, of course, you know, you go into overtime and, you know, the whole thing about, you know, Josh Allen didn't, doesn't get a chance to, to touch the ball. And, and I do sympathize with that because as a Green Bay fan, there's been many playoff games where, you know, the other t- Rodgers doesn't, didn't never got a chance. The NFC championship game in Seattle is obviously the number one on my mind in that uh, situation. However, you don't want it to come to a coin toss. Don't let the Kansas City Chiefs go down the field in 13 seconds to kick a field goal. I mean, that's all I have to say about that. Um, so I, I do sympathize, but at the same time, it's not like they had they didn't have a chance, uh, you know, with you know to stop the Chiefs with 13 seconds. So um, that is, that is just as bad as the Green Bay loss was. It's almost the Buffalo loss was worse, oh, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, because like they literally they had it won. Like it was, you could have heard a pin drop in that stadium. I mean, uh, Gabe Davis four touchdowns. I mean, Josh Allen, that that dude is just a monster. Um, but hey, you know what? The, the defense couldn't get it done, and, and Mahomes works his magic. And here are the Chiefs again, angling to go to their third straight Super Bowl. And you know they they probably will. Um, well, I mean, we'll get to the championship game previews in a minute. But man, what what a game that was, and what a last two minutes. And I just, you know, I, we had talked about it too about live betting, but I was so entranced in what was going on, I didn't even think to go on and and, and make a few live bets at that point. But I'm. I know Andy has a has a story to tell, so we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to hear what he has to say. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's get it over to Andy in Seattle. Let's get your thoughts. Anything else you had as far as last week's action? Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you know, what did I say last week? Like, I I need to just curb curb the impulse gambling and just I love I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs minus one and a half. I like Green Bay minus five and a half. That burnt. That I mean, that was a bunk. Whatever. I like the Bengals as a dog, and I'm too much of a fucking one, two, three. Let's do this to ever bet against Tom Brady. Even though you know, anyone that watches maybe you know the casual NFL fan knows teams like the Rams are able to get 
to Tom Brady, you know, teams like the Saints, teams like the Jets back in the day, teams like the Giants back when they had the defense to do it, you know, with Strahan, who's not walking through that door anymore. Teams like the Ravens with their crazy defense. And the Rams has have that defense to frustrate Brady. Um, but yeah, so take I'm just watching too much sports right now getting angry but um <laughs> yeah the Bengals I mean the everything everything was flush with the Bengals like I don't we don't like Danny Hill we thought Derrick Henry might be used as like I mean Henry's obviously amazing and he's an MVP player when he's healthy and he's the best running back when he's healthy and he gets better as the game goes along when he's healthy because the defenses are getting tired of tackling him because he's big. But also, when's the last time he played? Like the middle of October? So I had a feeling like he wouldn't be like 100%, maybe even more of like a decoy than anything. And so I was like, I'll take the Bengals and take the Bengals first half, take the Bengals for the game, live bet Tennessee plus three and a half. And it all worked and it was great. And as John mentioned, um, you know, Vrabel, Vrabel's a good coach. Sometimes I think he's a, he thinks he's a better coach than he is. You know, he, he comes across as like a Belichick 2.0. Like I'm going to be here a long time. I don't know. You haven't won too many playoff games. You know, you gotta, let's do that before you can be like a complete asshole to the media. But I don't really have any, you know, we were texting with Tommy about the, decision that Vrabel went for the two-point conversion after the penalty and instead of go for the extra point because you got one yard either give it to Henry or have your six seven you know not six seven this have your six five quarterback sneak it and it they didn't do it like on those close and you know third there's that sequence that John mentioned that when they couldn't convert third and one and fourth and one the haunting scenario was the receiver didn't get the first down on that second down play, like he's kind of nonchalant about that, which set up third and one and fourth and one. And on both those plays, like it just like it, the, they were just not on schedule from the, the handoff, the center quarterback exchange. Like it just looked disjointed and um, you know, credit to Cincinnati for, you know, they, they obviously couldn't let Burrow quote unquote cook, um, because the offense line was so, so, so bad, nine sacks. So it's not like everyone was like, why are they letting, why are they throwing bombs to Chase? Because they didn't have time. You know, it doesn't, it, you need, you have to let Chase have some time to run 40 yards downfield before Burrow can chuck it. And that, that wasn't happening. If you want to nitpick, Burrow definitely, there were some sacks where he probably should have just thrown the ball away, but they got, they got away with it. They got away with it. Against Kansas City, they're, I don't think the pass rush is going to be as ferocious as the Titans, but that was a it was a fun game. I'm glad the Bengals won. Uh, you know, I think the ceiling has been kind of reached with Tennessee. You know, you can only go so far with someone like Ryan Tannehill and uh, a compromised Derrick Henry. Um, good good season for Tennessee, but you know, I don't think Tennessee was going to beat Kansas City next week. I don't think the Bengals you know, on paper going to beat Kansas city, but I would rather see burrow in chase versus a, uh, a, a Tennessee team. That's going to try to, you know, slow down the game and minimize possession and, and try to grind because you're not going to grind out a win against 
Kansas City. But yeah, that was that was game one on on Saturday afternoon, and then we we talked about the Green Bay San Francisco game. Now we could get to Sunday. Um, Sunday, yeah, it just flew in my face. You know, LOL Brady. We see JB on Twitter be like, Eli Manning, like LOL Brady, like. <laughs> Brady stinks like all the all the narratives and I even text TI you know this idea I'm like taking screenshots of all like the Brady sucks screenshots I'm like this is why I say LL Brady because people actually think he sucks and um you know it was very shocking to see the the Tampa Bay defense kind of fold in the moments that they did and and give up these like huge plays like the third and 20 touchdown right you know right when you think tampa bay could maybe get back in it i think it was like the beginning of the second quarter or maybe end of the first quarter uh the rams score a touchdown on third and 20 like you cannot do that you, how, you i mean that you can do it but like if you want to win you can't do that <laughs> and yeah like the game yeah. was by all all intent purposes over like yeah 28-3, yeah, that happened once, but 27-3, it's, it's not going to happen again. And, you know, I think they they kicked a field goal to make it 27-6, and everyone's like, what's Arians doing? Like, you got to you – gotta, you're, you're down 27-3. Why are you trying to make it 27-6? But, um, they, you know, Cup, Cup had the fumble, and, and then they just kind of chipped and chipped and chipped. I mean, the uh, – the, the fumble with like a you know a minute and 50 seconds left that that was unexcusable right like right. you you can't let that happen like Tampa Tampa had no timeouts and basically all the Rams needed was like like one more first down mm-hmm. and and you just gave breathing life to to Tampa when that happened now like now some people can be like you know when on that fourth in one play and I don't know if like John can talk about it or you guys can talk about it. Like I actually thought like Brady was going to do a QB sneak and then, you know, like call something and reset everything fourth down. But obviously the unconventional play was everyone thought the sneak was going to happen. And that's why Fournette had daylight on that on that you know counter to the end zone now some people are calling sports talk and be like Fournette should have taken the knee but no you have daylight there you just score and uh again like Todd Bowles Arians I don't know what you all were doing like uh they now I don't know if if Matt Gay's like injury was like that much of like a, I don't know if Tampa knew it because uh, McVay said he didn't know about it because you know how you was short on that on that field goal from 47 yards yep. and Al Michaels said something before the game that Gay tweaked something in pregame but uh, obviously unless McVay was being dumb to the media like he said I didn't know about that but if Tampa knew about that then you had if you know like Gay was going to be short from 47 then like you have to, you know, don't let uh, Cooper Cup and company get behind you on on defense like that. That that is inexcusable. That is inexcusable. And uh, as someone that had you know Tampa minus three, I uh, was like, ooh, now some of my bets alive again. And you know, I, I had bet Tampa um, 
plus six and a half. So I, you know, I won that, but I also had Tampa plus three at one point too. So betting live thinking uh, Brady was going to make a comeback. I probably should have waited till they were down 27, three or made another bet at halftime. When it was at halftime, Tampa was only minus three. The second half line was Tampa minus three. You would have won that. Uh, I didn't cause I was already, I had already like doubled down and tripled down in the, in the first half. I'm like, I'm, I'm already like, I've already got too much, too much allocated right now. Uh, let's just see what happens with these bets. But yeah, it was just, a. I think LA San Francisco will be a very interesting game. It's a good narrative, but, uh, like I said, if I wasn't a New England Tom Brady Mongo, I would have taken the Rams. You know, Stafford's shortcomings in the playoffs, be damned. Like, that is a strong defensive line, you know, and it was just a bad matchup for, for Tampa with their, you know, as we know, their their receivers were compromised. You know, Antonio Brown wasn't walking through the door. Uh, Goodwin was not walking through that door. And Evans is kind of hot and cold. And Gronkowski is, you know, he's a shell of himself. So I thought, you know, it would be a tough, tough game for Tampa to pull out. I didn't think it would be 27-3 and see a crazy comeback like that. But, you know, that's why they play the game. And then obviously the Kansas City-Buffalo game. I like Kansas City minus one and a half. I like Kansas City in the first half minus, minus a half. And it looked very good. Kansas City went up 14-7. I'm like, I know Buffalo's going to go down the field and, you know, maybe hold them to a field goal. And obviously they didn't, so it was 14-14. But, again, it's like, well, the Bills gave Kansas City plenty of time. All Kansas City needs to do is get in field goal range. And uh, they they threw basically kind of like an end to Kelsey – so I'm like, okay, they're at like the 33-yard line. They had they ran two more plays, if you remember, but basically it was like Mahomes threw it out of bounds twice, and it's like, oh, no. Like I'd be so much more comfortable with like a 42-yard field goal than a 50-yard field goal. I know Butker's good, but he's not Justin Tucker, clearly. And uh, fucking Tony Romo being like, He's just so cool. Is he going to be iced or is he the ice man? And even Nance was like, yeah, he's he's the best. And Romo was like, he just looks – he's got that look about him, like he, like the putter that never misses from six feet or whatever. And I'm like, you fucking clown. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. And obviously we we know what happened. It just drifts to the right. It like it, You heard like a false doink because there was no doink. But I'm like, oh, my God. Five units down the drain, Kansas City first half. But that's why you play the game. And then obviously in the second half, there's all that back and forth. And when when Kansas City went up nine, I'm like, I'm gonna buy Buffalo. I'm gonna buy Buffalo plus five and a half. And you know, in a perfect world and another world, it that final score is 26-21. It's 26-21. It's 26-21, I think, with uh you know, two minutes and 20 seconds left or whatever, fourth and 13, and the Kansas City cornerback falls down. And the Bills – so even – yeah, because if, if the Bills don't convert fourth and 13 there, it's 26-21. Kansas City gets the ball. They're going to probably get a first down or two, and that's it. 
But instead, it's tw- okay, now it's 27-26. We're still okay. Like, Kansas City minus one and a half is good. Like, no matter what happens, I think we're still good. And then Buffalo gets – that was a very impressive two-point conversion, by the way. That gets overlooked now. Like, uh, Allen was rolling out, and he made a very good throw to, to make it 20, 29 uh, 26. But even then, 29 26, you're like, well, the Chiefs are definitely going to sc- go down the field and either tie it or, or go up, you know, 33 29, which they did. So this whole time, I'm like, the only way Buffalo plus five and a half doesn't get, like, doesn't come home is if it goes in overtime. And it went in into overtime. And the Buffalo Bills lost the coin toss. And, like there's no way they're holding them to three and they didn't hold them to three and bills lose by six. They don't lose by five or less. And it's like, well, you won your original KC minus one and a half bet, but you lost KC minus a half first half and you lost bills plus five and a half by a half point like that. Like if there's, I mean, yeah, there's worse pain. There's real pain. There's like, ow, owie pain. But in terms of like gambling, Ow, that yeah. that freaking sucked. And I'm texting with my buddies. J- yeah, JB, I text with friends. My other friend, he was able to get Bills plus seven and a half and KC plus three. Just when he bet, he bet when the Bills went up seven nothing. You could the live line at the time was Chiefs plus three. So he bet that, and then I don't know when he bet the line when it was. Uh, I don't know what point in the game where he got Bills plus seven and a half. But good job by him. So he was, he had steak dinner and I had, you know, I went to Dickie's barbecue for glutton brisket because <laughs> I felt bad about myself. It sounds, I, I, I've i heard good things about Dickie's. It's not too bad, is it's it? It's good. I mean, yeah. brisket's good, but I wanted like, you know, <laughs> you eat like fast food barbecue and you're just like, ugh. Like it's <laughs> yummy, but like, it's like guilty. Like I feel bad. But like when you go to a steakhouse and you eat a prime rib or whatever, you're like, hmm. This is like I'm treating myself. I got you. I got you. Like you eat fast food barbecue. Like I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> you know, it's like you know the uh, the dumped girlfriend eating ice cream in front of the TV and eats a whole carton. That you know stuff like that. <laughs> of course, of course, I got you. Well, that's a great recap, Andy. Uh, thank you both for uh, just a tremendous recap of all the action. Um, I, John, did you do the recap of the other three games yet? I thought you did, but I'm not sure. But you can if you want. Oh yeah, no, no, I got my thoughts in, Dave. Oh, okay, cool. We're we're good. We can move on to the next, the next one. Moving on to the next one, indeed. So let's go look at what's happening this weekend. Sunday is a big day. It's time for the conference championships. It starts with the Bengals at the Chiefs for the AFC title at three o'clock Eastern time on CBS, and then you have the NFC championship. Uh, between the 49ers and the Rams in a rematch, of course, because as this is a, these are divisional rivals, 6:30 p.m. on Fox. That game is at SoFi Stadium, but you could have fooled you, you you wouldn't know it because all the 49er fans are going to be in the building too, as you saw in the regular season matchup. Um, so a lot of dynamics with both of these games. I mean, the Bengals a lot of house money. I think it looks really good for them. We'll see what happens with that with with those fellows. And then the same scenario with I'm not sure which team has the house money between the two because both of them look seem fortunate like in the NFC game, both teams seem really fortunate to be in the thing. Um, let me give you the odds before we go to the previews. So these are the odds for the games. 
Uh, for Bengals and Chiefs for the in the AFC title game, the Chiefs are a seven and a half point favorite. The over/under is 54 and a half. No surprises with any of these odds. And for the NFC title between the 49ers and the Rams, the Rams are a three and a half point favorite, and the over/under is 46 and a half. Interestingly enough. That was literally the same point spread they had in the regular season game at SoFi. The Rams are up, uh, what was it, seventeen to nothing, sixteen to nothing, and then the, and then the, Forty ers had this insane comeback by just running the ball. It was nuts. Will history repeat itself in the playoffs? Time will tell. Now, John, I'm going to give it to you for your thoughts on this week's action. Two big games. Yeah, man, you kind of teased it with the first one. You th- you figured the Chiefs are going to win. Okay, all right. But let's get your thoughts and uh, your detailed analysis and what you think. And, and, and feel free to incorporate the point spread aspect of it too. Oh, of course. I mean, that's why we're here. Absolutely. Today. I mean, come on. Yep. Who's, who's not who's not watching these games and don't have a bet on them? Like, you know, you're you're insane. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, honestly, Dave, you know, if, you can't blame me for not being as – in tuned or in depth with the matchups this week it's just kind of like all right yeah i mean i'm i'm kind of done with the nfl season to be honest with you oh i understand Um, obviously i'm gonna watch and gamble but in terms of like thinking about it really like it's just kind of an afterthought now for me um i was more excited about the tory pines golf starting today (laughs) and good job by the pga tour doing wednesday through saturday not uh, competing with the NFL on ah. Sunday, so that's a great job out of that. Oh, fucking good! We'll get prime yeah. times. Yeah, we'll get prime time Saturday golf for the final round, so that'll be excellent. Um, but I digress. Uh, so for those two games here, um, I'll just give quick thoughts. Um, yeah, I do think that the the Chiefs are going to win. That seven and a half seems like a, a few too many points uh, to me, anyway. Um, you know, the the Chiefs' defense is not the the Titans defense. So I don't think they're going to get the kind of pressure that they had uh, like the Titans did on Burrow. So I don't think there's going to be nine sacks in this game. I think you'll see Chase getting down the field. If you remember the game between these two teams, literally a month ago, all it was was Burrow just throwing it deep down to Chase into Higgins, like on the sidelines, making insane catches and back shoulder throws. Um, and that, that was basically it. Um, so I think, you know, in the, in any absence of, pressure on uh, Burrow, they're going to be able to do that again. So I don't see the Bengals, uh, I don't see any problem with the Bengals repeating that performance. Um, and then the other side of the ball, the Chiefs uh, had no problems scoring against Cincinnati either. So, and they're at home, obviously, in this game. So they're, they're going to dial up all sorts of stuff and, and have no problem scoring. Uh, the only thing is the Bengals, they seem to start slow every single week. So, 55, I think that's, that's why I saw the over-under was, like 54 and a half, was it? That's right. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yep, 54 and a half. On the surface, you would probably say over, but I think the Bengals start so slow every single week. I might lean under. It might, like, just almost get there. Like, it would end on, like, 51 or 52. Uh, I would lean, I would lean under in this game. But I do like the Bengals with that, that. I think that half is key. I think they can keep this within a touchdown. I don't think the Chiefs' defense is good enough to keep – Cincinnati from scoring enough points to at least make this a competitive game. So, you know, it, it kind of goes against my philosophy of whoever you think is going to win the game, take with the spread. I mean, you do that with, with bowl games. Uh, you should do it with NFL playoffs. I mean, in, in the regular season, that philosophy doesn't always apply. But for here, um, you know, in the playoffs, you, you would usually do it. But for this game, I, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say hey, the Chiefs win, but don't cover. Uh, so something like, I don't know, 
28 to 24 or something like that. I think the, the Chiefs will win, but I think Cincinnati definitely represents themselves well and uh, keeps this game close and covers. So that's what I'm going with for game one. In the second game, I mean, who the hell knows, honestly. I, I still have not figured this one out because you're going to have the narrative all week about Shanahan beating McVay six times in a row. Well, I mean, they like you mentioned, Dave, the Rams had them pretty good in yeah. the last game. It was, what, 17 nothing, And then even uh, late in the game, they get they get a score, and they're ahead 24-17, to 17, and they somehow go into this horrible prevent defense and let the Niners score. But before then, they had the game won as well. Um, so I think, you know, Garoppolo is still not 100%. I don't care what anyone says. He did not look good last week, and I think that's the difference in this game. I think the Rams will get some pressure just like they did against Brady. They'll do that against Garoppolo. Um, and, he, you know, he, he's the key to to maybe making a mistake. But the Packers could have had three pick sixes the other night. If Eric Stokes, my God, play the ball. Like, why are you playing the man? If he had played the ball <laughs> on that out route, he's in the end zone. And I'm just uh, I'm going to be upset about that game for a little while, as you can tell. But um, <laughs> I think Jimmy will give them some. I mean, you know, Debo Samuel is going to get his. And, uh, you know, the Niners – defense is, is great um so i don't think the the rams are gonna are gonna have a, a great game offensively so i do like the under in this game between these two teams for sure uh more um you know i definitely like the under i see it being like a 23 to 17 kind of game um but i I'll, I'll go with the rams just because i think people are going to buy too much into the narrative of shanahan winning six in a row and I think um, Garoppolo is just still not 100%. And he's going to make a mistake or two that they're not going to be able to recover from in this game. So, uh, you know, probably a square uh, parlay, but Chiefs and Rams, I think, will meet in the Super Bowl. And the uh, second time in a uh, second year in a row, the home team hosting the game. And um, that, that'll, be a, that'll be a good matchup if it happens. And if you remember, these, those two played in a Monday night game a few years ago, just mm -hmm. insane. Uh, and the old, um, it wasn't in SoFi. It was at the, the Coliseum. Coliseum. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was just, just a fantasy football, like, you know, bonanza with that game. But yeah. um, so I'll, I'll go with the square picks with the Chiefs. Chiefs to win but not cover, and then Rams to win and cover. So uh, that'll be my picks, Chiefs and Rams. Love it. Now, for the, for you, you know, the thing you always watch out for when you talk about betting against the spread is who is the potential public dog, which means, even though they're an underdog, most of the people are on it. So uh, I'm looking at it here at the Action Network, and 44% of the bets so far are on the 49ers. So I actually think that the narrative is driving that, and I'm kind of on your side with that. I, I think that you don't want to overthink this. Like, yeah, I know that the, they, the, Rams, the 49ers have this, this like, curse thing or whatever on the Rams, but that doesn't mean they're going to lose. They're going to win, you know? Like, just because of that, I think it's a silly reason to bet on them. But... Um, Andy, let's go to your, your picks and let's see what you think about these two games. Yeah, I was just so that Rams Chiefs game from like two years or whatever, that was it was supposed to be in Mexico, right? Right, it was Mexico City, and yeah. And it was like did the field get like too wet or like because there's like a soccer game or something? But I don't I, I forget like the the reasons why it got moved there, but I know it was supposed to be in Mexico. Yeah, I can't remember either, but but it was a really great game, and I, I mean, I think if the game was played in in Mexico City, it would have also been a great game. I think that 
I don't think the venue had a factor in it. It was just going to be a great game. It was an awesome. I've never seen so many points scored in a game before, you know. So it's really great. Yeah. So. Um, but back, yeah. So championship weekend, we have three more games left. I'll say, you know, when you were looking at the when you were posting the the lines, I was like, uh, do like a tease, like KC minus one and a half and take the Niners up to nine and a half. But now I'm like, I'm probably going to take the Bengals my uh, plus seven and a half and I'll probably take it, you know, throw in another teaser Bengals plus 13 and a half. But now like, I know we've always said Shanahan owns McVay and like Tommy tweeted, like get ready for this narrative. Like, and I, I just kind of tweet Tommy. I'm like, Tom, if you've been listening to John and Ron and Dave for the last two years or whatever, like we've been saying this all, you know, for a couple of years too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like to John's point, now it's like now it might be like you go to the well too often, and now it's too trendy. Even though Shanahan does own McVay, Shanahan is a great coach, but Shanahan worries you sometimes, and not this is like a this is Trent Dilfer style, but <laughs> you know Shanahan had trouble has trouble closing games, right? Like, right. Whether it's an offense coordinator with Atlanta, or you know this year against the Cowboys, or in the regular season, he has trouble closing games. Tennessee, Christmas, you know, two nights before Christmas, had a big lead, and well, not big lead, but a big halftime lead, or big, and just when they're up, that's when you worry about them. But as Trent Dilfer would said, when you don't have like a big lead to to close like then you don't then you don't have to worry about closing and that's obviously what happened against you know green bay last week because 49ers had no lead to protect um but the first game i agree with john um as a you know like 30 seconds ago i was like take take that tease with the chief minus and that one and a half. And if you want to root so bad for burrow and chase, like take some player props, like take burrows over like completions or you know yards, and, you know, touchdowns. If you really want to root for the Bengals offense, like root, you know, take some of those props, but I think I'm going to take them plus seven and a half. And I'll, I might even do one of those, you know, stupid teasers and get them up to plus 13 and a half. Cause I think even if, in the unlikely event, it does like it is like a twenty-point game in the fourth quarter. I think the Chiefs will be in a backdoor defense, and you can expect Burrow to you know get like a late touchdown or whatever. But um, I don't think you know the Chiefs' defense—they're not going to get nine sacks like Tennessee did last week. Um, obviously, it's a re- there'll be some revenge factor, but. It, it's it's the AFC championship game. You sh- you really shouldn't really have to hone in on like revenge factor or, or anything. What happened last month? Like, are we, is Marquette really gonna gag my you know plus six at this point? <laughs> I can't wait for this shit to happen. Anyway, um, I expect a hopefully a, an exciting game. And this will be a type of game where Zach Taylor, yeah, let 
let Burrow cook. Don't try to like chew position, you know, chew time clock with Joe Mixon. Like, try to go toe to toe with Kansas City. You know, selfish reasons we want to watch an entertaining game. Like, because even if you try to like win a game 21-17 Kansas City, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, we know how fast Kansas City can score. So you want to make it a game where the each team only gets like eight possessions or whatever, like still gonna you're still gonna get Kansas City's best shot. So I don't know. You gotta you gotta dance with like dance how you been dancing this whole this whole way this whole way. If Marquette if, if Seton Hall scores here, I might I'm you know, I might fade to black here. But um and then game number two <laughs> game fucking number two like, <laughs> Shaka Shaka Smart he only has two timeouts. Um, game number two, yeah, like if it's a compromise, Jimmy, that kind of that kind of takes the wind out of the McVeigh can't handle Shanahan like sales because you know I just you close your eyes you see Von Miller you see you know you, you see all the other guys on the Rams defensive line creating havoc and speaking of Von Miller like remember him remember he was on the Broncos and he like unceremoniously got traded and they tried to blame like his teammates like wouldn't pay for like this like party and like, he wanted like zoo animals at the house you google it it's a thing like that's why they, they said like Von Miller got traded because like they wanted this team party and he wanted his teammates to pitch in for the zoo animals and like they got, they didn't pay. They didn't have the party because it was like taking attention away from like the task at hand. But you know, Von Miller's amazing, and shame on Denver for just basically letting him, you know, go scot free to L.A. A team that already has like a very strong defense and only got better. So I really don't. I can't give you like a score in this game. I think Stan, Stafford is. You know, he has kind of eroded his, uh, well, you can't win a playoff game label pretty fast and furious this year. Um, you know, San Francisco, now this is a, t- you know, I take back what, well, I don't really take back what I say about, you know, the Bengals needing to like chew clock or whatever and it won't work. But in this instance, like San Francisco will need to run the ball and, you know, get Debo Samuel involved, like, trick plays, gadget plays, fake punts, whatever. Br- bring out everything um, and, and just see what happens because I think defense versus defense, it, it's it's pretty close. It's pretty close. But, you know, Stafford highly, highly, highly uh, outranks Garoppolo, even if Garoppolo was 100%. And then home field, I – I don't know. I expect there to be a lot of San Francisco fans there, Dave. And uh, yep, me too. You know, and then from like a non non X's and O's non you know game standpoint, like I love watching games at SoFi Stadium. We get to see two of them back to back. Man, they they are milking SoFi a lot this year, huh, Dave? Oh, they sure are. Yeah, it's all over like, the place. 
The Jimmy they Kimmel get the Chargers. Bowl. The Chargers get a lot of games. Yep. The Rams get a lot of games. Rams. Obviously the Super Bowl. Yep. Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Um, yeah, it's it's so it's too bad I won't be in town for that for Super Bowl. I'm actually gonna you won't believe it, but I'm gonna be in Vegas. Can you believe that? Oh, nice. You and you should look up. Oh, 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 man. You think it, is he gonna oh. continue the tradition? All right. Yes, it's confirmed. He, he's gonna be there. I will contact the old man. Oh, I missed the old man. It'd be fun to, to meet up with him again. Are you so you're going for the Super Bowl weekend? I think yeah, pretty much for Saturday and Sunday, and I'll see if I can finagle Sunday night too, because like I don't know if the plan was to stay through Sunday night, but it should be. If it's not, I will make it so. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I will make it so. We're going for like my sister's getting married, so like we're gonna there's like a bachelor party over there and stuff, and so it'll be, it'll be nuts. But, uh, but the Super Bowl part on Sunday is gonna be awesome. So yeah. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> Good times. Thank you for the recap, though. I mean, for the uh, for the rundown, Andy. I will talk to though, man. We'll see if he's if he's up for it. Um, let's go look at those odds again. Yeah, I'm completely with all these assessments. I think if I was gonna do a teaser on this game, John, see if you, if this sounds good to you as well. I would take the under in the Rams game, tease that up to 52, and then I would take the the Bengals and tease them up to 13 and a half. I think that would be pretty good. I I don't know what to do with the Rams spread. I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like I, I kind of just want to lay off of that part. But uh, how would you if you could do a teaser and you do it two ways? How would you do it? Yeah, I like your under fifty two going up for uh, the San Fran and L A total. I, I definitely like that. I think that'll be a lower scoring game. Yeah. Um, for sure. So I like that. I mean, yeah, you say you should, you, you know, obviously you're not going to tease, tease through zero to get the Rams plus three and a half. So for that one, your only option is really San Fran plus nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I could see the Rams winning by 10 if, you know, there's a pick six or something like that. I, I, I probably wouldn't do that. Chiefs minus one and a half seems pretty safe to me. Um, I also could see Bengals plus the 13 and a half. Really, either way, you want to go with that one because you, you, got to figure it's going to be played in a one to 13 point window oh, um yeah. I, I you know i don't think it's going to be a huge blowout so i think either option for those two whatever team you really want to root for um is the way to go and then i, I like your your under 52 for the for the rams game so that would be my choice for a two-point teaser i mean if you want to do a three-point a three-team teaser i don't know if they let you like do cross sport teasers but you could do like two NFL games and then throwing in like a college basketball or an NBA game that day. But I think basketball teasers are four points. They're yeah, not six. Points. Although you probably could find a line with six points. Yeah. You probably could like find a, you know, an alternate spread that are that's six points. So, um, you know, there's so many betting options out there. I will say I, in my weekend of pain that I had with the Packers, I did hit something nice on uh DraftKings. So they gave me like this profit boost to do a, a four-player anytime touchdown scoring parlay. So I did one from each game. So I had A.J. Brown for the Titans, and then I had I said to myself before the game, you know, the Packers are just going to kind of get down to the goal line, and then A.J. Dillon's going to run it in. And sure enough, he got their only touchdown. So I had A.J. Dillon, then I had uh, Mike Evans, and then the last guy I needed to round out the parlay was Travis Kelsey. Of course, I got it at the very end of the game. All overtime, so right? Nice, yeah. <laughs> yep, wow. Exactly. So that was a very nice hit to the DraftKings yeah. account. I was 
I kept refreshing, like, come on, come on, I'm going to cash out, cash out, cash out, because it, when it was, like, late in the game, uh, they, they wouldn't give me the option. So I was, I was lucky that uh, that uh, that happened. So um, definitely lucky on that front. Uh, it's kind of eased the pain a little bit of the Green Bay loss winning some money. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll take it. I love it. I have a question about teasers, like, and I'm, like, I probably could just text the bookie, but I, I know you guys, one of you guys would know. And one reason why I'm so like apprehensive to get back in the teasers, cause I forget this. Like I have, I probably haven't done the teaser in a long time, but I used to do them all the time. Like when do you lose? Like, isn't like, let's say it's a three team, let's say it's a two team teaser. And one of those legs, it's a, it's a tie. So let's say you, you tease a team up to plus 10 and then they lose by 10. Like you lose, right? Cause that's the whole point of the, that's why it's a teaser, correct or not? No, I think it's a push. And then you just go down to your, it turns into a single bet it's on, you know, an alternate spread basically. So you, you get pennies back. But pennies back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll double, I'll, I'll, I'll confirm that with like my site too. Cause I thought if it was like a three team teaser and, you know you six points or whatever and one of your teams like only you know you get that margin like you either win by six or lose by six it's oh you lose that's why they call it a teaser but no i that's 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 good that is good it would make sense though because that's how parlays work and in parlays when you have a push in one of the legs it just like reduces your parlay to like one less team so that's usually how it goes. So it would make it would be on brand, I think. So yeah, I would I would agree with John. Um, great, yeah. And in terms of what you do with it, Andy, like, uh, oh yeah, um, like gun to my head, like I'm so. I think I mentioned it before. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have the. Uh, I mean, I do, but my blood pressure can't really and my nerves don't handle over under like when i watch a game with money either on the over or under it's just, it's it's just bad energy inside my inside my guts <laughs> and i'm like are they all? Yeah. especially with basketball basketball is the worst because you're doing the math the whole time it's like oh it's one you know 196 so that's you know 49 points a quarter that's uh <laughs> points a minute and then it's so you're just like doing the math backwards the whole time and i I completely agree sorry to jump in but like i bet a number of college basketball over for unders this year especially like unders and you're you're at halftime you're like all right so there's there's 63 now so if i double that it's 126 i'm 14 under like yes i'm i'm good to go and then there's like fucking 50 points in the first four minutes of the (laughs) second half and you're like okay why not even do it why did I even do that math? Because it's done now. So yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Football, I think obviously football is a little different because it's more like it's time. It's it's clock. It's like the clock is a lot. The clock dictates the the over under a lot more. Whereas basketball, like man, that's why I, like the Scott Van Pelt bad beats the over unders in college basketball are amazing because you see like you know on the lower right hand corner of the television when they have like the sidebar it's like oh like 24 free throws were shot in like the last <laughs> 17 seconds of this game you're like what the heck <laughs> yeah. so but with this tease dave i would probably yeah get, i would tease 
the I would probably tease both. I know it's kind of square. I'd probably tease um, both dogs. But as I say it, it's like I don't think the Rams. I don't think the Rams are going to lose. So you technically you could tease the Rams as like a plus, you know, th- plus two and a half or plus three choice. And if you go like the John route and do like a, you know, a multi-sport, multi, you know, you could even get even crazier. Mm-hmm. So one thing I started learning about um, on this other, this alternate site I'm on is that they have, they now have three point teasers. Would that be a good option for this particular weekend? And I asked that question because, you know, a three point teaser would be kind of ideal because it puts it puts Kansas City down to like uh, like four and a half, which I think is gettable. And it puts but more importantly, it would put the Rams down to like a half a point, which I think yeah, you could totally see the Rams winning that game. Like what would you do with that? Like would you do that? Or Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. I've never done a three point teaser in my life, but I feel like if there's a weekend for it, this would be it. This would be it. I think I'm. I mean, Dave. At that point, wouldn't you just? I mean, wouldn't you just do alternate spreads? Yeah. I, mean, I do a teaser. Just go to the alternate spreads and just that do makes, three points. That makes so much way. Worse. Yeah. You want? I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen a three point teaser on any of the things that I want. It's a very good question. But, like, mean, you could take, for example, just take the the Cincy game straight up, like six plus seven and a half, right? Or yeah, that'd be fine. Let's go with that. And then like the like bet, like you said, bet. Niners minus half a point as part of a parlay, like with those two things together. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I kind of feel more confident now. I was thinking in the beginning, I'm like, okay, plus, you know, Cincinnati plus 13 makes a lot of sense. But actually, I think like Kansas City minus half a point. Oh, what happened? No, just overtime, Iowa State, Oak State. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I, <laughs> I was just about, okay. but anyway, um, yeah. I think John needs overtime. John, are you giving three and a half or three? I actually did just a money line parlay with the two unranked teams. I wasn't, I didn't love how the the line started at like Seton Hall minus three, and then when I went to bet tonight, it was like minus six. I'm like, oh Jesus, like I'm not gonna lay six points. So I just did a money line parlay. So my bet is probably obviously done because Seton Hall is just completely dead um so i I hope that uh you get your iowa state here so i can i can lose both now but yeah that's been a good game college basketball has been great but you know Mm -hmm. last i mean it's always great but you know that's only show in town right now yeah well it seemed like even within that within that oh my god they're down by i don't remember seton hall was not down by like 20 points when i last checked on them what happened over there gee whiz that fell apart. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Seton Hall remind, and I don't know if Brad still listens to this program, but Seton Hall lays eggs in the same manner that McDermott and Creighton do sometimes. And oh, Creighton yeah. laid an egg tonight against Butler. Mm-hmm. It's funny because, like, they were just they were they were they were balling against St. John's this weekend. It was just so interesting how they can be so. I know different. They, it's, it's crazy. I took Saint, Yeah, I took Saint. St. John's on Saturday is the home dog, and of course Seton Hall wins. 
And then I was thinking to myself, okay, it's like the spread was minus one or two in St. John's, and it was basically down to that margin. I mean, I think they won by four points. So then on Monday, they play, it's always just such a mind fuck when the teams play back to back. Yeah. So then Seton Hall's a seven point favorite at home, and I'm like, oh, okay, They're like really, how much of that really changed? Like just because they went ten miles down the road to play in Seton Hall's gym, it just didn't didn't make much sense to me. So I had St. John's in that one getting the seven points yeah, but, uh, yeah it's so, just... <laughs> funny you mentioned that because i had so saturday i had i took seaton because i you know st john that, that game was at msg and it sounded like there was just as many seaton hall fans there and then that game on monday john like i took st john's but i also had i took st john's plus the seven i took seaton money line as i told you with virginia and virginia tech bunk bunk or bink bink but bunk but about that game yeah like that game was on like St. John, uh, St. Seton Hall's campus, not the Prudential Center. It was like, it right. looked like it was in that auditorium. Yep. And there was like, there was no environment there. So it was like, that's, again, what we talked about with St., you know, with college basketball, like that, that line was predicated on like home court, but the home court's like right. an auditorium. <laughs> like, right. There was literally like gotta... 500 people there. It was crazy. Like I'd never seen anything like, it was like if they were playing in the, I don't know. The Big West. No disrespect to any of the teams in the <laughs> Big, Big West. West. <laughs> Seriously, like it was literally a high school gym. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like it for a major, supposedly major program. It was like 500 people there. Like, you yeah. tell me the line moved five points in that little band box of a of a gym? It, it, it didn't make any sense. So I'm glad I cashed on that one. But Nicely done, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's really interesting to dive into some of like these matchups. It's just it's just it's bizarre sometimes in, in college basketball. And I'm glad that knock on wood, like you're seeing fewer and fewer postponements now. Like there may be like one or two a night, but and there's a time where you'd have like forty games that were knocked off the board and you wouldn't know who's playing, like who's in, who's out. So um, you know, I'm we're in terms of gambling, we're grateful that they're kind of back onto a normal schedule with that. And uh March is gonna be crazy for sure. Yeah. I just yeah. like it always is. Yep. Well, I want to give you both um, a lot of thanks for your advice from last week because I used it and it was very helpful for a good example of that. So you know how like basically what goes up comes down or must come down or what goes what comes down must go up. I basically use that principle with Auburn. So Auburn was just killing in Kentucky. So what do we do? We took uh, Missouri plus 13 against them. That was a winner. It was good. Yeah, lowly Missouri. That was a good Yeah. Yeah. Great call, Dave. Thank yeah. you. That thank was it. Buy low, sell high angle. Yeah. Plus 13 to the bank. Show today. So, uh, okay. Any any final thoughts before we close it up tonight? I mean, I, I'd be happy to talk college basketball for another hour if you want, but it just, just depends on what you guys want to do. No, I think we're, I think we're, uh, I mean, you know, I think we're good, Dave. Cool. Um, cool. Just, uh, yeah, no, it, you know, like I said, Personally, I'm just done with the NFL season as a whole. <laughs> I mean, it's sad to say, like like I said, I mean, I gave my generic breakdown of the games just because, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I'm going to watch. But in terms of like I'm, my emotional investment in the NFL season is just is gone. Oh, okay. Um, well, I understand. Yeah. But yeah. But no, it'll it'll be two interesting games for sure this weekend. And, um, you know, we'll watch them. And uh, hopefully we'll get a, a good Super Bowl matchup. Either I saw the look ahead lines and there was no – spread more than like three points with with any of the matchups so cool. uh that's that's good news uh, regardless of what of what the matchup comes to be and that's how the nfl likes it you want to have all all sorts of parity in, in the league and, and that's what we have so um should be should be an interesting 
interesting uh, interesting Sunday and wish everyone the best of luck with whatever you're whatever you're wagering on. John, before I let before I go to Andy, what's what's your prediction for the for the farmers? Because Billy Horschel had a great day, but you ever you mm-hmm. always have to think about John Rahm. I mean, that's his home. That's that's his that's his that's his place. He loves it there. Oh yeah, yeah, great great tournament, great field, yeah. and what you need to look at, Dave, is because they split the courses. You get to play the first two rounds, one round on the north course, which is very very easy. So if you look at the guys at the top of the leaderboard right now, like you have to go down like seven names before you hit someone that played on Torrey Pine South, which is the hard course that hosts the U.S. Open. So like Horschel, Thompson, Jaeger, Tway, Ricky Fowler was six under. Who would have thought it? I honestly <laughs> just saw that for the first time now. My God. Uh, Gim, Molinari, all yeah. those guys played on the easy course, the north course. Uh, okay, so Rom played the south. So that's why he's like he's probably the betting favorite. I haven't checked the live odds. He played the hard course and shot six under. So I'm sure um, he's going to go tear the shit out of this easy course tomorrow, and he'll probably be in the lead. So he he's looking pretty good uh, in terms of a of a um, you know if you're making a bet. I think he. You know, I, I, let me look at it right now. Oh, he's plus two fifty. Wow. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because he hasn't even played the easy course yet. But I will say the two bets I made this week for guys to win. Um, I bet Dustin Johnson at. 25 to one, which is just absolutely crazy to get him. I know he hasn't played this year, uh, but the course fits him. Uh, he had a good, he had an okay round today, four under. So we'll we'll take that on the south course. And the other guy that it's 60 to one. I bet Max Homa, who's usually very good in California, and uh, he's a great uh, potter on the Poa Greens, which is kind of what you're you're looking for here. And um, he was doing really well earlier. I don't see what he finished at. Okay, he finished four under two, so he, he's still in the mix. So um, we'll see where things stand after the cut tomorrow. But those are my two bets on guys to win this week. And I, I had some free bets. So I'm as well, you know what? Throw it down on, on uh, DJ and, and Homa, and we'll, we'll see what happens. So um, I may even get into a, a live bet tomorrow after the after the round. But this is like our first real turn of the year. Yeah. Uh, the, the other ones weren't. Um, although I will say the, uh, the, the playoff – I know we're getting to golf now. Uh, the playoff between – uh, Russell Henley and Matsuyama. Now that was an exciting tournament. Uh, Henley just completely just gave that up on the back nine, which anyone could see that one coming. Um, that guy does not play well with the lead. And Matsuyama, I mean, this guy, I mean, you know, the Masters win obviously was huge, but he's just taken his career to another level. That 18th hole, he's like 270 yards away, and he hits just the, an absolutely perfect cutting three wood to like five feet, and he, and he drains the pot an eagle and Henley's just making a complete mess of the hole so you knew it was over but just a, an amazing shot so that was a, a great a great win by him and I think he won in Japan earlier in the fall so he's already got two wins on the season um big things to come for Hideki and then uh, last week's tournament was just honestly it was just kind of bullshit because there was just all scrubs up there at the top of the leaderboard to be honest with you and uh Hudson Swafford ended up getting the victory I think he was 300 to one heading into the tournament. So if anybody had him, uh, God bless you. I mean, that was a, that would have been a great pick. Although the funny thing is this is the second time he's won the tournament. So out of all those guys <laughs> in that range, you almost could have picked him. But, I, you know, I had a horrible week last week in terms of, of the golf wagering. This week, knock on wood, it's off to a better start. So we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. So. I love it. All right, Andy, let's get your predictions for the farmers. What do you think of it so far? Yeah, well, to just to fall back on the Palm Springs, like Rom, Rom's, Rom made a great point. Like, 
and the leaderboard shows it because like there's no penalty for spraying the ball because the rough is just like not existent and so he was saying like you there are some holes where you were better off being like 50 yards left in the rough than like an inch off the fairway and and if you look at that leaderboard yeah it was like the guys that could that putted well and you know you see like bo hodges and you know guys like adam long or like Shank. All bar- i don't know all, all bar john i never heard of that guy in my life and he was in the final group yeah week. like i i'll always like pay attention to that event because like you know not a lt style like I've, I've been lucky enough to play like those courses out there because my mom was like 10 minutes from there so and obviously like us playing that course it kicks our ass like but a, a pro playing in those lush conditions although on saturday the wind did pick up and it was playing a little tougher but if there's no wind on those courses like yeah it's minus 28 to minus 33 is going to win that tournament after four days um but about about farmers john made some good points and kind of hand in hand so my one and done league been altered a little bit there's there's 10 tournaments like with a little more prestige farmers one of them genesis is another one of them uh murfield village is another one uh where you pick two just to kind of spice it up a little bit and so for this one i did i uh the same guy has won three in a row he won both hawaii events and he won the palm springs event so he's he's making some headway and so this week i i pulled out all the stops i took john rom and I took Max Homa. And uh, so we'll see what happens. And then to John's point about South versus North, I actually forgot which one was playing harder. So in my, uh, I, this other contest I do where I, we, me and another guy, we pick three golfers each, each round. But since this format, you know, first round, second round is going to be on two different courses. This bet's going to be, all right, how are our three guys after rounds one and two? And so I took Rom, Thomas, and Decky, and they all played the South course, and they posted a combined 10 under. And my opponent picked Dustin, Xander Shoffley, and, De- and DeChambeau, also 10 under. But Xander and DeChambeau both played on the North course. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. It's, you know, it's daily golf. You know, Decky could post a plus five. That's the beauty of this. And I hope he doesn't, but you know one round of golf is so it's so willy-nilly but i'll be in the saturday finish um nance with his fomo will be calling the game remotely from kansas city what oh i got you i got you i got you that's crazy i didn't know that i know about that yeah he's not gonna fly overnight from san diego to kansas city to call i mean he could but i mean that's you know Jim probably he probably said, you know what, I'm going to call this remotely. He probably told the CBS folks what he wanted to do at that point. But I, I haven't heard of any – is there any changes to the CBS, like, announcer lineup this year? Have you, have you guys seen anything, or are they bringing back the same crew? I haven't heard. I hope – I don't know. I mean, less Dottie Pepper is never a bad thing. I was just going to say, are they bringing back Dottie Pepper again? Because, oh, my goodness, we just cannot <laughs> – Oh, she was miserable during last year, wasn't she? Man, she had some rough, rough moments. Anyway, Brendan. But I'd like to, yeah, I think 
as John has tweeted about it, we text about it. The the ESPN plus and VTread, I didn't realize, and you guys probably knew, like I didn't realize you can actually pause. You could pause the ESPN plus whatever you're watching. I didn't know that. Like, so I guess VTread been pausing the golf, and then you can like do like fast forward like thirty second increments or whatever. I don't. I probably wouldn't do that because of the gambling aspect. But I didn't think you could do that on ESPN Plus. But I guess you can. But it's uh, it's been great. I know the golf tournaments haven't. We haven't had a ton of inventory, but the few that have been on ESPN Plus, it's great. Thank goodness. Like, um, I mean, win oh, yeah. win because the tour probably. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. The tour is like this is good for us. Like we're. ESPN's got probably more resources, manpower to, you know, to, to showcase these events. Yeah, I did notice. Yeah, I had it on today. So yeah. for whatever reason, the Golf Channel coverage was twelve thirty to four thirty Eastern time. So then you had still had the featured groups on the course. Popped on ESPN Plus, you got to watch everything for another three hours. I mean, it, it's just exactly the, you know, we used to complain, you know, when there's like weather, like when they're the marquee groups are still on the course, you're like, why the hell can't we watch this anywhere? Well, guess what? Now you, you can for only six bucks a month and you get all thousands of college basketball and, uh, you know, every soccer league imaginable if you're into that. And <laughs> it, it's, it, it is honestly such a good investment. I remember when they first started, there was no content on there at all, but they've really pushed stuff on there. It is definitely worth, the, the price. Um, and I actually have it bundled into like the Hulu live TV. So I don't even have to go on the ESPN app. I can just go on my Hulu app and it's like incorporated into it, which is even better. So uh, I cannot say enough good things about the ESPN plus and golf arrangement. Amen. Uh, that's, that's my comment. I, I agree. It's a good spot. So um, I'm gonna have to take look into that tomorrow. See what's going on with the ESPN coverage tomorrow. Oh yeah, you gotta get it, get it, especially since yeah. college basketball. We're getting into the extreme meat and potatoes part of the season. Uh, yeah. You know, Tommy, Tommy, like you watch way too much low level basketball. Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> why not? And don't insult. Don't insult these conferences. Either. Like, <laughs> well, you just insulted the Big West, though, for what it's worth. But no, you're gonna I, see, like you're gonna, you're, <laughs> you, you, you want nothing wrong with it, Jim. I mean, a, a no, I, I, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, I know, I get it, because like barely, it, it's archery practice in all those buildings. I know, I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> Thirteen seeds win Ohio last year, for instance. Right, right, right. Yeah, much love. You know, I think it's really fun to, to follow all this stuff, even though, you know, you're right. I mean, is it sheer? Probably, but it's fun. Like, why why can't fun be fun? It's fun. I have fun with it. So I think you, you all do too. So that's all. That's all that matters. Um, so what do you have left over tonight? You anything in the late night slots for you both? Andy's got to get out his ledger to tell us about all of his bets. <laughs> yeah, well, right now I got. I got. I bet the brew. I'm chasing, so I bet the Bruins. I'm gonna lose my three team money line parlay because Davidson's Davidson's choking in a big spot against VCU. Okay. We need Marquette to hang on. And late night, I got uh, I got San Diego State, Ooh. and I got geez, I took um, Stephen F. Austin at Seattle University. <laughs> wow, this is, this is a perfect <laughs> example of one of those games, Dave. You know what I'm so 
so into that. Like, I was looking at that game earlier, and the spread was intriguing me. I'm like, hmm, this is kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this one. You could go either uh, way so with that line. Yeah, I took Stephen F.A. Because they used to be – what were they in the uh... – they were the in South, Southland. Southland or something like that. So a lot of those teams went to the WAC, which is interesting because, like, it, it, it's, you know, how the teams, they have it set up where I, only I would notice things like this. But it's the same kind of deal. Like, the teams have travel partners like they do in the Pac-12. So, like, the two Texas schools, uh, Sam Houston and Stephen F. Austin, are, like, the travel partner. And then Seattle and I believe it's Cal Baptist or one of those I, one of those teams is the, the the Northwest travel partner. So those they went to Texas and just got completely wiped out last week. It was Stephen F. Austin and um, I forgot who it was. And uh, no, it was Grand Canyon. That's who got who got beat badly at uh, at um, uh, Texas at Stephen F. Austin, and then they lost at Sam Houston. So it's weird how those those travel arrangements work out but um yeah that's an interesting game seattle's like on a roll like it it's crazy their record is really good i I don't know if their team is any good but um you know i guess we'll we'll see if they can keep it going i I was i I took the whole i took the team okay andy is that game on tv at all is it on espn plus that's on that's an espn plus oh let's go let's go i gotta fire that up that'd be fun Oh man, folks, fellas, it's been really fun. Thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Um, enjoy and good luck for all your actions this weekend. I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all goes. Should be a fun weekend in football too. So uh, all the best. Oh, and the golf too. Yeah, absolutely. Same thing with the golf. So good luck, everybody, and uh, take care for now. I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. All right. Thanks for. Thank Sounds you. good, Dave. See Sounds, you. Take care, good fellas. Luck, guys. Take care. Good luck, take everyone. Bye bye. Well, that was fun. That was fun, folks. So we say goodnight. Hope you enjoyed that, everybody. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And if you missed any of it, check out the replay right here on YouTube. If you're watching on on YouTube live or um, check our replays on our podcast feed at didcow.com. It's been a good time. Take care, everyone. And it should be a really good weekend. It really should. So um, I I appreciate you you, you being a part of it, everybody. And... um, May the best teams win. We'll be we'll probably take next week off and we'll come back the week after that for Super Bowl week. But until then, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the weekend, enjoy the games, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>